Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you in Are fashion? fashion? Fashion. Do you see what she's wearing for Tom's <gasps> shoes? I'm Sonia Sly. My heels are killing me. Um, but I was told I have a backstage pass. You will need to get the right pass to get behind me, Pam. Look, I'm I need sorry. to go. Code red, code red, code. We have a situation. I'm taking you inside the fashion industry to discuss trends, the reality behind the glamour, and the highs and lows of a fast-paced industry that never stops. My first article was published on the front page when I was 12. My parents never commented on it, ever. And then years later, my dad was like, yeah, that Barbie story you did when you were 12, we were really proud of you for that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know for years. 22-year-old Caitlin Mitchell is the epitome of what you'd expect to see in the fashion industry. She's strikingly tall, photogenic, and has had an incredible amount of experience across the industry. Along with her siblings, she also runs NZ Apparel, one of New Zealand's oldest fashion magazines. And you could say it's a role she was destined for. We're at ID Fashion Week, and, and you're no stranger to attending like fashion shows. And nope. you know you've been in the industry <laughs> since you were how old? Four. Yeah, my um, parents actually put me in a lot of TV commercials when I was younger, like Huggies commercials, because I grew up in a publishing house. Dad started the whole business um, from the ground up. I came in every day after school. I didn't do um, after-school care. I came into work instead, and I folded envelopes. Mum made it so every envelope we stuffed got 50 cents, but every envelope you screwed up, you had to give back 10 cents. Oh, OK. So, um, so you really had to do a good job. Yeah, so um, that really was a key factor in my, my work ethic. So my brother is now their accounts and subscriptions, and my sister and I write all four magazines, along with our two new staff writers as well. When you're working close with family, because family don't always get along, I mean, how do you deal with the tension, or can you just outright say, hey, that's, you know, cut that out, that's no good, that's not working? We shut the door, and we have 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 a yell, and then open the door. But it's great, because we can just be extremely honest and it it works out strangely really well. Was there the expectation that you would move into the family business and because I mean you're basically running it now right your dad's retired your mum's still got her hand in it. Um, I've always wanted this since I was four so since coming in as a child there was one point that my mum remembers I don't remember it but my mum specifically remembers it and she said you sat down next to the editor of apparel he just hated me apparently the editor and he said what do you want to be when you grow up and I said I'm gonna have your job and then years later I bumped into him and he was like oh so what are you doing now and I was like I have your job (laughs) so as a little kid I've always wanted it growing up and it's strange because my brother and my sister both didn't want anything to do with the magazines is that because you loved fashion or yeah I I was obsessed with fashion and especially because I had such a huge background in modeling over 10 years to about 17 when I stopped how tall are you I'm six foot one right okay and so what was it about modeling that you didn't like I'm, I'm too tall 
you have to be really honest with yourself if you want to be a model. You got to look at yourself and be like, can I be an international superstar? No. Do you want to be a photographer? Yes. So I swapped, and to be taken seriously as a photographer, I stopped modeling. I went off to Whitecliffe, studied fine arts, majoring in photography, and then I went back to the family business. And I, now I do all the photography for all of our magazines. So you've basically seen all the different sort of aspects of the industry because Apparel Magazine is a retail magazine. So Apparel goes out to all of the manufacturers, distributors, anyone involved in the fashion industry, not so much consumers. We're subscription only, so we have a targeted audience. And that audience has been built up over almost 50 years now. We're 48 years old now. And I can't wait to turn 50. That's pretty good as, <laughs> yeah. as far as New Zealand magazines yeah, go. We're probably the oldest um, fashion magazine in New Zealand. In 1969, my dad started the magazine. Um, he borrowed $200 from his mum and started it in his garage. Yeah, just well, what was the impetus that was driving that along? Nothing. He um, left the Navy and got, got home and he was like, I'm going to start a magazine. <laughs> and fashion was the yeah. first thing. I mean, what was happening in fashion at the time? Do you know? I'm not too sure. But like, if you um, look, you've got um, archival I've got all magazines. The, yeah, I've got all of the beautiful magazines from there. And I'm actually constantly writing in, the ma- in the, every issue of apparel, like, if you have old magazines, please send them in. I will give you anything. I'm just trying to bind all of them into a nice book so that I get them all, like, for a nice life. Library. You profile local designers yeah. and retail, fashion yeah. retail businesses. Yeah. What did the magazine look like in the 1960s? What kind of so articles? It, it was a smaller magazine than we have now, and but it was much thicker. So it was just slightly smaller than A4. It was quite thick because we only did one every year. And then after that, they became seasonal. And then after that, we became monthly. As the magazine gained traction, we just printed more and more and more of them. So now we're 32 pages every month. We do 11 issues a year, so we do December and January as the same issue because everyone shuts down over Christmas. And we're on a much bigger paper. And the reason for it being much bigger is because when I was younger, I um, was really into recycling. I still am. And when I first learned how magazines were cut, I realised how much paper we were wasting. So now we actually have the bigger size. We cut the paper once, so we actually have no scraps. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, so that's that's my little behind the scenes of why it's a random size. You know, as a young woman, because you're only like 21, 22? 22. 22. You're kind of dealing with all these retailers mm-hmm. and is it hard for it not to become like a personal yeah. addiction? I find Instagram and social media a struggle because I've grown up with social media. I'm a millennial, so I instantly I want all these new things and I don't want to pay for them. People like me want to buy cheap trends that last as long as a month and then you're on to the next thing. And it's really hard to go back now, you mean in terms of a perspective? Yeah, or? to rewire it, you know, so um, that you want to buy one really nice handmade jacket that was made in New Zealand and not made in China and that lasts you a lifetime. 50 years ago, it was all about tailoring and it was all about traditional techniques and stuff like that. And now it's more about let's make it fast, let's make it cheap. I find it really hard to find long-term items and I find it really hard to sell other people on the idea. And consumers are changing though now. How would you say that's kind of trickling through at your end? I think it's quite hard because a lot of designers, especially New Zealand ones and overseas ones, it's a global problem. Everyone is making so many big collections with so many pieces in them and then they can't sell them all and then I think we should work on designers changing their ways and making more collections in the year, not less, but with fewer pieces. 
So some, some designers have four collections or two collections a year, and they're filled with 80 pieces maybe or 50 pieces. Like, it's a lot. And consumers, because they want so many new things, they see it once and they go in the store two months later, oh, I saw that already. So I think if we had a slow drops with less items and shorter runs so everything was more unique... It's a dream, but if we kept everything made in New Zealand, that would really be helpful too. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like with your siblings and yourself running the business now, and everything's kind of going digital. Yeah. So how are you keeping up with the digital age? I find that, especially because we've got four magazines in other sectors, we, for example, supermarkets, so we have supermarket news. People who are in the break room, they want to read a physical copy quickly. Or, for example, our restaurant magazine, Restaurant and Cafe, Chefs don't have time to waste looking through their phone and wasting their own personal data. For the business side of publishing, it's definitely not dying. We're getting more and more subscribers every year. You do have stuff online, though, don't you? Yeah, we have an online flip turn of the magazine that's available for free for all of our international readers. So I'm working really hard to go back day all the way back to the 60s but you know I've got at least the last 10 years up there <laughs> right right you're a fashion photographer you yeah. shoot for the, the magazine yeah. at all the runway shows how old were you when you went to your first New Zealand fashion week to shoot actually it was the same year I was modeling in it my first fashion week where I was modeling I got 13 out of 18 shows and it was hectic and it was the only fashion week I really did the next year I didn't do it I shot it and so I was actually interning for Michael Ng, who's the official photographer of New Zealand Fashion Week. And he's an amazing teacher. And the next year I applied as apparel, as a photographer. And it was great because from modelling I knew all of the photographers in comparison to overseas photographer pits. They are ruthless in comparison to what the family vibe we have in the pit. So yeah, yeah. what is that reality in the pit? Because yeah. it's interesting to watch when the model comes down the runway and it's really, they're coming down there for the photographers, yeah. not really for the people on the audience. Yeah. Um, it's funny because my first fashion week that I shot with Michael Ng, there was um, Brad next to me and he's an Australian photographer. He's amazing. He saw the previews of my shots while I was in the halfway through a show he ripped my camera off me and he said give it here and he fixed all the settings and he gave it back and because I was taking terrible photos and they were all blurry and then he just fixed all the settings and gave it back and I was like oh my god really threw me back and really put me in my place because I, I was in a prime position in the pit it's so different to normal photography it's almost like shooting sports because it's so fast it's instant and if you miss it you've missed a whole outfit and that's what I've learned from so many years now of shooting Fashion Week is that if you don't have the outfit, you've missed half the show. Like, you have to get one shot of every outfit and then I upload them onto apparel online instantly. So I'm also one of the only photographers that has the Wi-Fi function in my camera, so all of the photos go to my phone and so I can just high-res Instagram. More and more photographers are getting that now, but I remember one year I was the only person with it and everyone was like, what is that? Do you enjoy being in the photography pit? Because, I mean, you also sit, you know... It's extremely uncomfortable. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So unless you have a pillow, a seat, or a suitcase to sit on, like one of the metal suitcases, then it's comfy, but otherwise if you're on your knees for an hour (laughs) shooting with a very heavy camera gear, it's not comfortable at all, but I think it's definitely worth it. Now, we were talking about funny stories and the fashion industry and I mean what are some of the most memorable unexpected experiences that you've had it was a great runway show and I didn't know until halfway through that all of the underwear were you know had a little something extra going on (laughs) um 
And then I was photographing, so I had another employee from Apparel in the seat, in the front row, and we'd been collecting all of the goodie bags all week, and then two days into Fashion Week, we dump all of the goodie bags onto the floor, and out comes this thong, <laughs> the incontinent thong. Let's rewind. Incontinent thong. Yep, incontinent underpants. It's just hilarious like we just all crack up laughing and there's this one male employee who was like I'll take these (laughs) (laughs) it's an unusual thing to be given in a goodie bag isn't it like that everyone gets a a free pair of incontinent underpants yeah I mean in this particular example it's nice to get an example of their work and to see the craftsmanship and to see what materials they use that it's actually what kind of quality they have being a retailer or a buyer in the audience you would want that and you'd be like this is actually great because it's like being given tampons in a goodie bag there are some that are horrible there are some that are amazing and you get surprised by the most random stuff that you get in your bag but it's there for a purpose and it's there to be trialed and used or discarded i guess just lastly what what are some of the highlights of you know being at that fashion week shows It's definitely seeing new talent and emerging designers and meeting new people. And I'm really interested in who's behind the brand, not so much what's on the runway, but who's helping backstage and how do they do this production, what materials do they use. And it's great to just support everyone in the industry. And I really want to promote every designer in New Zealand. So get in touch. (laughs) I just want to help you out. I want to see you stocked in 10 stores. I want to see you stocked in 100 stores. I want to help you get there. That was Caitlin Mitchell from NZ Apparel magazine. You've been listening to My Heels Are Killing Me. I'm Sonia Sly. To find out more or to listen again, head to our podcast page on the rnz.co.nz website. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.